Welcome to the Biz Times MKE podcast and another episode of Weekly Debrief. I'm Arthur Thomas, managing editor at Biz Times Media, and I'm joined on the Weekly Debrief as always by Biz Times editor Andrew Wyland. Andrew, how are you doing? Just fine, just fine. Good to hear. We'll dive right in with our insider story spotlight. That's a chance for us to highlight some of the stories available only to Biz Times insiders. If you are already an insider, thank you very much. We really do appreciate that support. It helps make our work possible. If you're not already an insider, please do consider subscribing. The equivalent of $9 a month will get you access to all of the stories on our website, biztimes.com, along with discounted admission to some of our events and other insider benefits. So please do consider. Andrew, what is your insider story spotlight this week? The story I chose is an interesting story about an interesting small business, Grandcraft Boats, which is a manufacturer of luxury, these beautiful luxury wooden boats. Uh, the company moved at the end of 2021 from Michigan to Genoa City. Genoa City, despite its name, is a village. Um, and I believe it's the name, I believe that the town was used in a soap opera somehow, but it's actually a village in Walworth County, right on the state line. I actually used to live there. I lived there before moving to the Milwaukee area for this job, and I worked in Illinois. I lived in a, a starter home in Genoa City. <clears throat> so it's a nice little town, um, like I said, on the state line. But this company, Grandcraft Boats, moved there from Michigan late 2021, and they've been growing since then. They've uh, they added uh, six employees, you know, from three. They went from three employees to nine employees during 2022 and they're reporting some uh some nice growth activity and optimistic about growth coming ahead uh this year these boats they sell are really you know really interesting i mean they they're priced between well their main models are priced between 450,000 and 840,000 so these are really high priced beautiful boats um so just an interesting company that's that's here, has moved here, and is showing some early growth signs here since they have moved here. So that's so that's nice. Absolutely. Yeah. Very, very interesting company. Not uh definitely not a high volume uh kind of product. Uh describing it more as like art on water. Check that out. There's some photos on the in the yeah. story that Ashley Smart, a reporter, wrote about them. If you want to see a look at one of these boats. Uh, my insider story spotlight this week focuses on uh, home sales in the metro Milwaukee area, which were down 14.5% uh, in 2022. Andrew, you wrote this story up for us, full of details uh, for folks to check out in terms of uh, the market and, and where home prices were you know, up the most in the region. Um, found it interesting you had in here... Uh, Elm Grove, the hottest local housing market uh, in 2022 with a nice 19% increase in um, home sales last year. Yeah, Um, that's, that's, you know, Greater Milwaukee Association of Realtors puts that report together. So they have their criteria for what they deem a quote unquote hot housing market, you know, local housing market. And Elm Grove was the one they 
they chose as the hottest based on you know increase in prices and based on you know this or last year and then what had happened to how many days it's been on the market and you know stuff like that yeah absolutely you know and certainly not a huge surprise that that home sales were down 14.5% year over year you know i think the trend would would have pointed towards a, a decrease year over year um i mean 2021 was such a a booming year. We hear all the stories of it was of, a record year. Yeah. GMR, so yeah, you know all the stories of of uh, you know multiple offers and cash, all cash buyers, and all the things that went on. Um, certainly, you know, let down from that combined with rising interest rates and yep. all the things. But uh, interesting story for folks to check out. Um, a few more details on which parts of the market uh, performed the best. So. Uh, we'll move on to our big story of the week, which uh, we told you last week that stories to watch for the year included Harley Davidson and their plans for their headquarters. And wouldn't you know it, uh, this week, Harley Davidson unveils plans to build a new park and events uh, space at their corporate headquarters in Milwaukee. Uh, Andrew, you were the one to put this story together for us. Uh, what more can you tell us about it? Well, what's interesting is they've chosen a architectural firm from London. So, I mean, it's, it's like a world-class architectural firm. And where this would be built is sort of, you know, the, the headquarters is on Juno Avenue, 3700 West Juno Avenue. That's on the west side of the city of Milwaukee. So where this park would be exactly is sort of the southeast portion of that campus Harley has. Um, southeast, you know, they have two pretty large brick buildings, prominent brick buildings on that campus. And so this is southeast of those, um, replacing large surface parking lots. And, of course, the reason they're doing this, as they've said since last year, or at least the CEO of Harley has said since last year, is that due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the company shifted at its headquarters to a largely remote and hybrid work uh, arrangement for its employees. And a lot of employees took advantage, have taken advantage of that. And as a result, their headquarters has seen very little activity since then. And they decided to embrace that approach and that that means they have decided to look at repurposing the headquarters because it's just vastly underutilized. So you have these huge parking lots over there that aren't being used. And now they've decided that they're going to build this park. Um, and, you know, some of the features include a, a, a big sort of like kind of bold amphitheater type of thing in the middle of it, which, you know, it's sort of a tiered seating or even motorcycle parking uh rings around a, a center kind of event space you could do a lot of things with that i guess um so it's a very it's a very attractive very interesting plan but we still don't know what's going to happen to the buildings there and you know this is all happening because the people that used to work and park in those parking spaces aren't aren't they aren't aren't going there anymore. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so it's nice. I mean, certainly great that Harley is choosing to make an investment in the physical space of its campus. They they gifted the land to their foundation to kind of help get this off the ground and break. Hope, you know, hope, are hoping to break ground in the spring here and be ready for use by summer 2024. Um, you know, they're working with local firm. You know, we, we mentioned the London-based architecture firm involved working with local firms, HGA and Green Fire Management Services. Yep. Um, so, you know, it it checks a lot of good boxes, is fair to say, right? But like you said, the question is still out there of, okay, but what's going to happen with the headquarters? Um, there were, I think, around, what was it, 800 employees working there as of, I think it was 2021, um, or at least kind of that are officially maybe based there. Um, mm-hmm. whether that you know how often they're in the office is another question. Um, so what what could become of the rest of that space um is still the open question and what does it mean, you know, for presence in the in the community? It's one thing to have the the, the space, but someone's gotta you know, there's gotta be activity and and people coming in and um uh, definitely not uh not a slam dunk all on its own that it's a, a great thing to have this um versus actual economic activity yeah i mean i i think it's i think it's kind of sad to be honest i mean you're you have a massive corporate headquarters here that is now so underused that you know, the place where all these employees used to come every day and park is now just in a concrete wasteland. So the company is, you know, going to put this admittedly beautifully designed park and will clearly be a, a wonderful enhancement to the neighborhood. But losing the presence of all these employees, all these jobs, all these high, high, high paid, high paying jobs of people that are coming into the neighborhood every day and in many cases maybe living in the neighborhood or or maybe not but you know having that presence there there's an economic impact there a major economic impact there and losing that is not a good thing and as far as adding a park again it's it's a great design and, and a great enhancement but you know how much does the neighborhood really need a park i mean right around the corner is Washington Park, huge park designed by legendary Frederick Law Olmsted, uh, landscape architect. So you know there there are there are park opportunities that one in particular in the neighborhood. Um, so it's it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of this plays out. What happens to the buildings? Is Harley going to commit at some point to keeping any kind of worker presence there or what will they do with these buildings will they become i guess residential would be the logical other option or i guess you could have some you could lease the space out for other office tenants hotel is another possibility but you know is there really a market for that in that particular neighborhood i'm not so sure so it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out but i just think it's hard to not, at least for me, to not feel like having that 
headquarters presence so diminished is just a disappointing thing. Yeah, I mean, I think you can at the same time, it, you can, two things can be true at once. We can be glad that Harley's trying to choosing to make this kind of investment as they as their headquarters need change, right? There are, I'm sure we could go back through history and find examples of companies who just kind of slowly reduced their corporate presence and one day they were gone and, you know, left a, a gaping hole um, mm-hmm. no in the city. Um, so the fact they're investing here worthwhile at the same time, you know, being dismayed that that uh, the headquarters isn't what it once was. And with the option for remote work and people potentially living elsewhere, um, that, you know, it's it's not, there's no, there's nothing that guarantees that those folks are still even in the region. Um, and I right. think that's one of the, the, it's one of the great, I think, going forward, a big challenge for economic development and, you know, state and local leaders of, you know, the, the idea of a headquarters and having a headquarters somewhere, you know, that meant that, yeah, you got the, the CEO and the executives and all the high paying jobs that came with it and all the, you know, positions to support that and support that presence. And, um, you know, proximity to the CEO, there was you know, lots of other jobs that came with it and all of those great benefits. Well, if more and more companies go to hybrid or, or fully remote options, you know, that erodes and it changes what makes sense from a from an economic development perspective. No question. I mean, it is a it's a game changer in that regard, without a doubt. So now economic development, you would think, becomes more about attracting people than it does about attracting businesses and attracting jobs. Because if if at least on the white collar job side, I mean there's still there are still jobs, of course, where where you have to do it in the in the place that the business mm-hmm. is. But for companies like, you know, companies that have office jobs that the the employee can be anywhere to work for that particular company, you know, as as far as economic WDC M seven whatever it is, you know, they really have to look at this differently now and say. And I mean, a perfect example is the city of Milwaukee and their deal with Pfizer and the Pfizer headquarters coming downtown. But part of that deal is the stipulation that those employees need to either come into the office or live in the city of Milwaukee. And how you even guarantee that's happening, I'm not sure. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it really does change the economic development game and it probably needs to be a, a paradigm shift to how do we attract people to live here? How do we provide a quality of life in every way, shape, and form that makes people want to live here, especially in a place that's kind of weather-challenged? I mean, some people enjoy the Four Seasons thing, but winter can be a major deterrent. And so there have to be, it has to you have to offer a fantastic quality of life if you're going to compete with other regions in the world to attract talent and attract uh, people to support your economy. Absolutely. Uh, Well, we will continue to follow the Harley Davidson story, see 
what else they may or may not um, announce for their headquarters in the coming weeks and months. Um, and of course, we'll also be following along as uh, details emerge for their 120th anniversary celebration, uh, which is this year. And they do promise a, a big presence here in Milwaukee for that. And that's always a good boost for the city to have people coming to town. So lots to follow, but uh, that'll do it for this week on the BizTimes MKE podcast and the weekly debrief. Andrew, thanks for joining me as always. You bet. This is Dan Meyer with BizTimes Media. You've been listening to the BizTimes MKE podcast. For more business news and insights, be sure to go to biztimes.com and subscribe to any of our daily e-newsletters and our magazine, BizTimes Milwaukee.